Welcome to the Rooted Moms podcast. Today we're here with Jenny Randall and Braden Brookshire, and I'm so excited to have them on to discuss their new book, which will release in March, Flash Theology, A Visual Guide to Knowing and Enjoying God More. Welcome to the Rooted Moms podcast. We're so, so, so excited to have you both on here. I received your book, and I just have to say, it is so good. I mean, I haven't read the whole thing, but I don't know. I think it's it's just going to be such an amazing resource for everybody to have, like anybody. Thank you. Um, That's awesome. By the way, the, the real version is way shinier and prettier. So wait oh. till you get the real one. The ARC copy. Oh, let me point out a few things because I care about these things just as much as Jenny does. The real one shines and the paper quality is better and the colors are more vibrant. So just had to point that oh, out. Man, I didn't know I was missing anything. <laughs> yeah, no, just had to point it out because the ARC copy is not as good as the real copy. <laughs> <laughs> But today, um, just as an introduction, I have co-authors, Jenny Randall and Braden. Is it Braden Brookshire? Is that Yeah, you nailed it. Awesome. Okay. So today we have co-authors, Jenny Randall and Braden Brookshire on to discuss their new book coming out, Flash Theology, A Visual Guide to Knowing and Enjoying God More. Um, So before we jump in, can you kind of give a little about me, both of you, just a little something so our listeners can get to know you a little bit more? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I have hung out with the Rooted Moms a couple of times through Instagram hangs and Mm -hmm. different things like that. So I love and appreciate your ministry and who you guys impact. Um, So I am a mom of two elementary aged kids. I've been in ministry for 20 years, but um, on this side of writing and speaking for the past eight, this is my fourth traditionally published book. And on all the other three, Brayden and I have actually collaborated together, he would come on as my theological editor and make sure I wasn't messing it up. So we had a really fun time and I didn't. Yay. Um, So we've worked together and we've always dreamed about co-writing something and working on a project together. So Flash Theology is really the best of both of our brains and both of our worlds. And we found a place to land all our interesting conversations. So that's why we work together. But Brayden, why don't you give a little history of your life? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm a dad. So by the way, I love speaking to moms. So I'm so glad to be here. Like, honestly, speaking to moms is fantastic. So I do not view this as any less than an awesome opportunity. So let me just put that out there as a dad. Uh, No, I really do. I'm serious about that. But uh, yeah, so my name is Brayden. I've been in uh, ministry for 10 years now, and uh, I'm a pastor and also a professor of uh, certain subjects such as biblical Greek. Uh, Also certain Paul's letters are more of my expertise too, but uh, I I live for this stuff. And Jenny and I partnering really is, as she said, the best of both of our brains, there's something awesome that happens in our collaboration, uh, which as if some of you guys don't know, we actually are family. We're related. Uh, <laughs> we married into the Randall family. So my wife is Jenny's husband's sister. Yeah, there we go. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. There. Okay. I had to really think about that there because we often butcher it. One time on a podcast, Jenny said somehow to come across that we are married, which we are not. Uh, love Jenny, but as like a sister. <laughs> that was awkward. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I guess. So we've been doing a couple press runs where we're being interviewed similar to what we're doing here. And someone's like, you guys are sibling-in-laws. Why are you making this conversation so hard? And I was like, are we though? So (laughs) jury's still out. We haven't figured out what the proper word is, but Brayden did a good job uh, explaining that. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. 
So why did you guys come together to write Flash Theology? How did this happen? How did it start? Um, And what was kind of the process of it? I guess I'll kick off this one. Uh, Jenny usually gets to share her take on it. It's fun to also share mine. Uh, Yeah, I mean, she's accurate when we typically talk about this. We are the kind of family members who married into the Randall family. So as we've gotten to know each other more, it's been so fun because we have such a camaraderie of like talking about Jesus, theology, revival, prayer, Bible, like all these things in this realm, ministry. And so at family gatherings, we'd often be like having these intense, deep conversations and our spouses are like, okay, like time out. Can you guys like talk about this a different time and (laughs) together? And so it became very natural for us to dream up like, hey, I I know we both do our own kind of like ministry, but what would it look like to partner? And as Jenny mentioned, we have partnered in some ways of like me uh, coming alongside uh, on a theological editor editor of one of some of her previous books, but uh, we we had such a like-mindedness of the importance of theology, but also in the way in which we would talk about it. Now, the fun part is this is like a chemistry experiment, experiment because Jenny and I are so different at the same time. But as we actually put our thoughts together, we saw that we sharpened each other. We saw that the way in which we communicated theological truths was almost even better when it wasn't just me and it wasn't just her. And so our chemistry uh, really started to show. So we got a partner on this. And so Flash Theology really is a complete collaborative idea through and through. So it was so fun to do it together. That's a gist. Jenny, anything you want to add to that? (laughs) Yeah, I would just add that at the heart of it, our prayer and hope is that this is a resource that would merge Um, head knowledge with heart knowledge and people will experience God through knowing him more. And um, my favorite book I've written so far is called getting to know God's voice. And it's really a theology of the Holy spirit. And I found that readers were gravitating towards that, that conversation and in getting to know my readers and what their hearts are for, it's really learning to become biblically literate. And this is an answer to that. Like we want to have, we want to teach people this foundation of what it looks like to know scripture, to embrace scripture and to walk it out. And to know that theology really isn't a dirty word. Um, some, some of our podcast interviews have called it theologian is a crusty word or a dusty word. And I always just laugh how they how people phrase it because there is such a stigma around that term. But we truly do believe that if you're studying scripture, you are a biblical theologian. And we want everyone to really embrace that um, and not be intimidated by that thought. I love that because over here at Rooted Moms, you know, we're all about um, just diving into God's word and getting him to know him that way. Like you have to really read the Bible for yourself. You can't just, you know, attend a church service and um, that be the only way that you get God's word and gain that knowledge. And uh, as a stay-at-home mom for myself, um, theology can be a, not a crusty word, but an intimidating word. Um, I know for a long time when I first had kids and I stopped working, uh, I felt like, you know, that was all I knew how to do was be a, a, a glorified babysitter, if you will. Um, that's all I was smart enough to do. I wasn't smart enough to do anything else. And sometimes the word theology makes you feel like you need to be super smart to understand it. Speaking to moms and speaking to parents, why do you think many Christians are overwhelmed with the idea of theology? 
I'll jump in first on this one. Yeah. Uh, I love to dignify what stay-at-home moms do, first of all. And whether you're a part-time mom, full-time, uh, sorry, part-time working mom, full-time working or stay-at-home mom, like moms are so important in the formation of their children. And we sometimes only categorize that based on behaviors or competencies that we're trying to instill in our children or even values. But theology is something that I think moms are, whether they know it or not, are giving to their children all the time. Like when we tell our child, even something like God loves you, like that is a theological statement. And so I think moms need to first recognize that you are engaging in theology all the time in the little ways that you probably don't even really recognize uh, or give full weight to. And instead of this intimidating you to like, you are the theologian of the home or one, you know, one of the theologians of the home, let's, let's elevate that to an exciting thing. Like, Hey, you have more time with your kids to teach them, inform them in terms of their view of God than anyone else. And like you said, I mean, you can go to church and I hope you do on Sundays or even maybe you're involved throughout the week as well, but no one gets more time with your kids than you. And so you have a chance, an exciting opportunity to be the one shaping their view of God more than anyone else. To me, that's exciting. And we want to have this resource be an empowerment for that, to give content, ideas, uh, and creative ways to talk about it, not just for your own heart, but maybe in which you can then translate those truths to your children. Oh, that's so Yeah. Good. I think too, um, we underestimate the daily little things that we do with our kids. So this is just a funny story, but uh, theology weaves into it. When I was potty training one of my kids <laughs> years ago, I remember we were earlier in that day, we were talking about how God is everywhere. And this is just like, you know, just a casual conversation. And my son goes, so if God is everywhere, is he in my poop? And like... <laughs> You better believe I gave the greatest sermon on God being in the crap of life, even though he might not always cause it. And like, it was just like, it was just this great conversation. We could have easily like blown right by it, but the Holy Spirit like gave us this silly moment to talk about how God is woven into our suffering. Like it, we went on for a long time, well, preschool a long time. And it was just a really fun conversation. And I think when we, um, if we are distracted from the moments that might seem mundane uh, with our children, or if we're um, even like scrolling on our phone and missing out on an opportunity for conversation, uh, we're really missing out because in these everyday moments, like Brayden said, we have the opportunity to talk about who God is mm -hmm. and we're planting these seeds that are going to bring so much life in the moment and extend into the life of our children as they grow older. And that's pretty, pretty remarkable to think about. And if I could just add one more thing to that, it's amazing how Jesus used the world as his classroom, not just purely the synagogue or something like that. And in the same way, moms, uh, you are using every opportunity in the world, including the bathroom, as you said, Jenny, as the classroom <laughs> for getting to know God and not just uh, Sunday school. Yeah. I love how you talked about bringing him into like the mundane things because there are so, it just feels like as a stay-at-home mom, there are many mundane things that, you know, that you deal with on a daily basis mm -hmm. and, um, just constantly weaving him into that and that be a learning experience for not only our children, but for us, um, we need to really take hold of that opportunity. So how can we as parents strengthen our theological understanding and then make it accessible to our children. 
I think um, one thing I would do when my kids were really little is I would have my Bible just opens throughout the day. And when, you know, you have a minute here and there, I'd run over and just like study it or sit with it and like navigate what I was reading earlier. And because there's so, there's so much movement when your kids are little, um, mm-hmm. that was the best way I could study. Um, granted I would have, you know, my alone time in the morning, or I actually do it at night, but I would have that time, but throughout the day to continue to rebuild my, not rebuild my faith, but continue to remind me of what God is doing. I would just have the scripture open and it was helpful. And it was cool too, because my kids would see me studying and they'd pull out their little Bibles. They couldn't read, but they would pull it out and like try to hang with me. And we would talk about even like a sentence and it would help establish their faith. So I think finding those moments um, where you can practice the spiritual disciplines, whether it's worship, um, prayer, reading scripture, going to church. I mean, just the things that we should be doing. Those are creating moments for theological discussion, even with the worship songs we're listening to, like make sure the worship songs are singing about God, not yourself. Like, you know, there's how there's mm-hmm. this difference in the worship culture nowadays. So even caring about what your kids are listening to and what you have in your home, I think is pivotal. And I say that not from a point of, oh, my dog is barking some amens here. I say that from not from a point of like judgment, but a point of this stuff matters because it's building the inner person um, and they're going to learn to express that outwardly. So I think it's foundational. Brayden, do you have anything to add to this? Oh yeah. I mean, no, I think you're spot on. And I would just build on what you're saying with like the term practice. You have to practice this. Like, I think sometimes we have this idea as parents that I can't share this truth with my child until I've perfectly formulated how to articulate it based on their age and stage of life. Like, okay, (laughs) we need to like lighten the burden. Going back to something you said, Brittany, we need to remove the intimidation here of not just theology, but biblical discussion. Like let's just ease ourselves and just make it natural. Like show your kids that you're wrestling with the language of faith, even of how to talk about things. So I guess my simple encouragement to moms would be, Hey, as you are growing and learning and reading, whatever it is that's fresh on your brain, you don't have to like pull back from the archives, whatever's on your brain, what God's putting on your heart, just wrestle with how you would share that with your child. Um, I'm wrestling with it with even a two-year-old. Jenny has a little bit older kids, but I have nephews and nieces for a long time uh, that I've been working through these conversations with. And again, even though my vocation is ministry and everything, uh, I'm still working through it too. But I, what I have learned is that we further those conversations with our children and those children in our lives by simply practicing it. Like you have to just start by trying and even asking those inquisitive questions like, Hey, like you share something. So what do you think? What are you hearing? What are you processing? And it all is going to just depend on their age and stage, but you got to try and it just got to have fun doing it too. Yeah. That, I think that makes it so simple and so encouraging for um, anybody who's listening to this, because I think sometimes Uh, We make it more complicated than it needs to be, or we think that we need to over, over describe, I guess, you know, what we're learning and that they need to know every last little bit. And it's just a little bit at a a time that can really help them. Um, I know a funny, (laughs) kind of funny story. Um, My daughter came home from preschool when she was like three, I guess. And I had just started, um, reading, fully reading the Bible and immersing myself in it. 
with rooted moms. And she came home and I asked her what she was learning, what she learned in chapel. She was like, we learned about the tower of Babel. And I was like, tell me about it. And so she did a little bit. And I realized that I couldn't even ask her any more questions to get her to elaborate. And I couldn't make it. It was just a perfect opportunity to make it a teaching moment, but I couldn't because I didn't fully know that story. So it was an opportunity for me to go to my Bible, look that up, read it, and then to continue to have a conversation with her. But it was her teaching me just as much as I wanted to be teaching her. I love Um, that. But that's, that's just something I always tell people is that, you know, they teach us so much and it just doesn't have to be hard. Like we make it. Yeah. That's so good. So what are Christians missing out on when they leave theology to pastors and scholars? I mean, I think it's part of what we've already discussed that how much of the time we spend with our kids or with our families at home, that's a huge part of it. But also the personal ownership of how we we're talking about a relational God here who, um, is going to reveal himself to us in a very personal way too. So uh, there's going to be ways in which he's going to communicate these truths to our hearts and to us. That's going to be so tangible to us as individuals as well, or to our own family context. And so if we think there's only uh, theology is for those upper, you know, more academic Christians and such, then we are just missing out on the ways in which God wants to talk to us and reveal himself to us. And so I think this is something that we need the both and we need the to re- the realization that we're not standing on an island when it comes to theology, like and we better not be like making up some random stuff out of nowhere. And uh, that that's dangerous too, right? But like within the community of Christians, within the rich heritage and tradition we have as Christians, we can say, hey, I too am participating in the theological conversation. I'm thinking through things. I'm reading, wrestling with uh, what others are saying. And this just makes it all the better as we are considering our role in terms of um, not only what we think, but what we're teaching our kids. Yeah, that's so good. Jenny, anything to add to that? Yeah, I just, I think when we rely on our pastors, uh, great leaders, um, we, we can easily have this secondhand faith where, oh my, we start quoting our pastors more than we quote scripture. We we start repeating those one-liners that they've worked so hard on, or even, even authors and books. And like, we're, we're quoting the secondhand faith so much so that eventually you'll start quoting something that's actually inaccurate because you didn't compare it to scripture. So (laughs) that's a, that's also a piece of the conversation of, we should be discerning the things our pastors and leaders are teaching us. We should be discerning the things we're wrestling with and reading through the Bible on our own. We should be discerning our worship songs and just everything we're taking in because we live in such this consumer society where it's like, I'm going to take it all. I mean, 30 second sermons can only take you so far. So a piece of the puzzle is that you are a theologian and in, in embracing that, our hope is that you're saying, I'm going to compare the things that I'm learning about God with his, with his scripture. I'm going to compare the things I'm learning about God with the character of who he is. And if you don't take the time to study who he is, you're going to be comparing. uh, It's going to be a little confusing to compare who he is and um, what shapes you should be first and foremost scripture infused by the power of the Holy spirit. Right. And we should trust, um, what the Holy Spirit's saying and lean into that. And it's one thing to study scripture and it's another thing to sit with it too. So I think that's something 
important to remember as well when you have time to really sit with the scripture and ask the Holy Spirit, hey, make this come alive for me. Um, Every time I've prayed that, he's answered that prayer. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the best moment. And it's formative to our faith. I love how you guys are taking the word theology and making it not just about um, you know, gaining more knowledge, but, um, gaining a deeper personal connection with God, you know, that's what it's all about. That's what we're here to do when we study scripture is to grow, um, our relationship with him. And I think sometimes when we hear the word theology, we just think, you know, oh, I'm gaining knowledge. I'm going to be so much smarter, but I learned the right answers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll know so much Bible trivia. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I can comment on that, it was yeah. a really important thing for us in our the subtitle of this book. So it's Flash Theology, a visual guide to knowing and enjoying God more. This has been our mission with this book too, is that this knowledge of God, which by the way, the Hebrew understanding of knowledge really is this personal, intimate kind of knowing of someone, not just knowing about them, uh, but enjoying God, that this journey of getting to know the God we're talking about here is so enjoyable. Like if the Bible is the map and Jesus is the treasure, then the journey of getting to know him is so rewarding in and of of itself. And I would even venture to say that like enjoying God is the highest end of worship. Like there's nothing more worshipful than taking the greatest delight and pleasure in who God is. Uh, And so that to us is so important that that's why though we need theology and we don't leave it to the academics uh, purely because if what we try to do here is we show that these truths about God, they are theological and they are big, but they touch the ground of everyday life, uh, Mm -hmm. the dirt and the crap to use Jenny's story (laughs) and everything in between. But like, so like we need theology, but we also need it not just to have the right answers and stuff, but because this is a journey of joy. This is a way in which God is inviting us onto his path towards, uh, like the highest, most fulfilling end of life is to know and enjoy him. That's what we're all about. Yeah, that is so, so good. Brayden, so as a minister um, on staff with New Break Church in San Diego, what truths are you seeing the church in need of most? Oh, that's a fantastic question. And I know probably for Jenny's context, it might be similar or different since she's in Florida, I'm in California. But uh, I just to kind of harp on what I'm already saying, I would really say the need to see God as happy. And this is one of the chapters in the book. It's in part three of the book. But that we, we've we made this dichotomy in our culture that hey, if you want holiness, go to God. God will make you holy, but he won't make you happy because those are at odds with each other. And that is so not biblical and not how many Christians in our rich tradition have read it as. That's very modern to put a divorce between holiness and happiness. Of course, we don't define either of those terms the same way as our culture. But I think what the message, part of the good news that we need to communicate to our very secularized context is that, hey, you are on a happiness quest and I respect that, but you're looking in all the wrong places. Only the author of life, the author of happiness can truly get you there. And so holiness is the path and happiness is the end. Let's bring those together and show you that this is the God who truly does want the utmost joy for your life and into eternity. And that might not always look easy. It might not always be comfortable, but if you trust him and you give him that process, he will bring you there. And even in the hardships of that process, it is far more fulfilling than the 
bankrupt empty ways in which our culture tries to promote happiness. And so that, that, sorry, ranting, but that's what I would say. No, that is so, so good. I feel that so much. Um, and I don't, you know, I think that goes for no matter where you live, you know, whether you live in California, where you, whether you live in Florida, whether you live in Georgia. Um, I mean, I've kind of said it earlier, we make it so much harder than it needs to be. And we're looking in all the wrong places for happiness and joy. And when we start to grow our relationship with God, you know, not everything is perfect in our life. And he promises us that it won't be, but we still have this unexplainable happiness and joy that we cling to. Even when times feel just, you know, like we're never going to get our head back above water. We still have this, you know, breath of fresh air that is God. That is happiness. Jenny, do you have anything to add to that question? Um, I. Yes. And amen to everything Brandon said. Um, I've been really seeing the value in, in this, but we're having people go through it. We're going through it alongside them. And it's fun to see the foundation that's being set for a lot of our readers. One of them being, um, this truth that we say, and we under we might not fully understand, but it's God is our savior. And in, it's so simple, right? Like, so yeah, I've been there, done that, but like, I don't know why my grandma voice just came out and felt right. But I, I just think he's our savior, but like, we often forget that he saved us from something, right? He, he rescued, he's on this rescue mission and our culture is self-centered. Our world is about me, 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 me. And we've all created of our own, our own little truths and, I think it's this beautiful, there's a chapter called God is my savior. And it's this beautiful reminder that God is saving, like he has saved us and he is saving us. And we're in the process of walking out what it means to be saved. And from that point, we have these secure truths that lead us into repentance, right? Continuously. And uh, before we jumped on this interview, I was getting an update from, I'm in grad school and I wish I was there, but our main campus is in the middle of revival, like le legitimate revival where they, they said people are literally running to the chapel to encounter the presence of God. And this isn't something that's man-made. And what kicked it off was literally repentance. Like people felt the presence of God and they said, I cannot do this on my own. I'm not my own savior. And it just snowballed where people continue to worship and pray and gather and share testimonies and healing. And like just this radical, these radical encounters with God are happening. And it started with repentance, which is a humbling, right? Where, where you turn away from yourself really and realize I'm not the savior of the world. And I think we need that reminder over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And even as parents, we often uh, make our kids the saviors or we treat them like this is all about you when in reality, it's all about God. And if we're putting our kids, I know I'm kind of transitioning thought, but if we're putting our kids on the pedestal, they're the rulers of the home. Well, let's, let's appease them. Um, let's not give them consequence. You know, like if they're just the everything to our world, which we love our kids and, and they're fantastic, but we need to put God in his rightful, rightful position, which is he is first. He is Lord of our home. He is Lord of our life. And it starts really with repentance. So, and that goes along with what Braden says. I know now I'm rambling, uh, but that goes along with what Braden says about holiness and happiness. And it's all, it's all interconnected. Yeah, that's so good. And I think also just to add to what you were saying, Jenny, about how we, um, you know, kind of put our kids on a 
pedestal. I think we always, we also kind of do that to ourselves. Like we look to ourselves, like we have to save our kids. Like, you know, we have to do whatever we can to get them to heaven. And how can I do that? And how can I cram all of this Bible in their tiny little brain? So they believe in what it is. And the only person that can, you know, get them there and to draw their hearts to him is God. And, um, we have to kind of come to terms with that. You know, we're, we're not the savior for our kids. We're not the savior for ourselves. And, um, we have to make him the center of everything and kind of pull ourselves out of it. And that's so hard to do when you feel like you're the only person taking care of your kids or you, your sole responsibility is to keep them alive and keep them happy. And, you know, their well-being is all you think about and you have to really give that up to God. And that's so, so hard. Um, I know for me as a mom to remember that on a daily basis that, you know, it's, I'm not the savior for them. He is, and I've got to get that up to him. That's such a good word, Brittany. I mean, like, I think as much as we want to bring our kids to Jesus, we have to just remember that he's after them too. And so we're played in more of a facilitating role than it is the primary role. It's not like, yeah, so you, you nailed it. So that, that I feel like that's preaching to me, even as a dad. So thank you for that. <laughs> so Jenny, what led you to becoming a Bible teacher and um, how did your background influence the teachings in flash theology? Yeah. So my career for a while was in the entertainment industry and it was a lot. And then I merged to different creative aspects of what that looked like. So I was in graphic design in the book publishing world. And I just did a whole bunch of creative things, ran my own creative agency alongside my husband. And now here I am uh, teaching the Bible. And I felt, I felt called to do that when I was in my twenties, I'm 40 now. So it took me a while to say yes and amen, Lord, let's go. So I, I wrestled with that for a decade. Um, but the Lord called me to repent, uh, after I ignored him for a really long time. And here we are, but, but what I love about my past careers or whatever we want to call them, because it's just like this modge podge, right. Of like, what am I doing today? Um, what I love is that God doesn't waste a thing, right? He doesn't waste anything. So even, even in motherhood, like the mundane, like God doesn't waste things. He doesn't waste our experiences or our time. So when I got to work on this project, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the creative outlet I've been waiting for. So our publishers were so fantastic. They were like full color inside. Yes. You want unlimited graphics in the interior that we'll, we'll produce ourselves. Yes. And we're like, this is amazing. So they really gave us this empty slate to just create and to, and Brayden and I had so much fun sitting and writing out the chapters and then thinking like, how can, how can we turn this into a visual aid for those people that learn more visually? How can we take this a step further and communicate that Brittany's raising her hand. I'm a visual learner as well. <laughs> so even just working through those conversations of how can we communicate this effectively visually, it began to help us dream even like, wow, what if churches took these visual aids and taught through like, here, here's what it means. God is triune. Here's a visual aid for you. So we really got to dream into that. And, and my background in creativity in the different creative venues came out because we were, um, I don't know, it was just the creative side of my brain that, that I got to unleash and Brayden and I had a lot of fun doing that. So, yay. I think anyone will love it. It's like, what do you, Brayden, how do you describe it? You're like, put it on your, fancy table and just look at it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I do feel like it's the kind of book though, that again, whether you've been walking with Jesus for 20 years, I really do think this will be maybe not the first time you've heard some of these truths, but the, a fresh way to encounter them. So I do encourage someone who's a seasoned Christian to read this, like let God minister to you through that. We need those reminders of those truths too. But even if someone is, I would even venture to say, even if someone is not a Christian, as long as they're curious, that's the only criteria they need to engage this book. We worked so hard to make this book accessible without compromising the depth of what we are talking about, because Jenny and I have such a combined uh, passion that we're, we're tired of watching resources that are really accessible, but aren't communicating anything deep enough substance. But this book doesn't compromise that. And yet I have, we've challenged and seen it work that even someone who is per se, not like biblically literate can totally read and interact with this. I want to see this book in the hands of seasoned Christians. I want to see it in the hands of those who are just curious and you can give to a friend like, Hey, you don't know Jesus yet. Would you consider reading this book? Oh my gosh. Like that, that's our dream for that too. Sorry. That's a little rant on that too. No, that, that actually leads me into my next question. Like perfect. You- <laughs> <laughs> answered it a little bit, but just to expand, what are your prayers for those reading flash theology? What do you hope that they gain from your book, learn from your book? Where do you hope they um, go, f- go after reading your book? Oh my gosh. that That's a fantastic question. And uh, I guess I will continue from what I was just saying, <laughs> uh, whether they are new to yeah. Jesus or have been walking with Jesus, they'd have a renewed passion for like the God who is so in love with them. Like a phrase I keep coming back to is that that you are loved into existence. And until you realize that nothing in your life will like seem to satisfy you or make sense for even your purpose or what you're doing. And so flash theology, I think will do a few things. It'll provide a theological framework for you to operate in. And what do I mean by that? It's going to give you some handles and in, in some of the most important things in, com- in terms of knowing who God is. And so that is important. Knowledge is an important thing in this journey, but again, by not only by the style of how this is written and everything, but we hope to demonstrate that these aren't just truths that you lock in your head, but that you experience that when you understand that God is your father, it's not right answer. God is my father, but like you experience the fatherhood of God in your life and his love and how he sings and dances over you that like you would, you would experience those truths. Uh, and so Jenny did an awesome thing. She was the mastermind of this part, uh, that every chapter ends with an apply this that has a spiritual discipline to walk out. And so that is our hope that flash theology leads you to living out your faith through the spiritual disciplines, or as I'd like to call them, the spiritual delights (laughs) as you connect with a God who is so just, he enjoys you. I want you to enjoy him. That's my prayer. Oh, that is so, so good. Jenny, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, my greatest prayer for anyone, um, whether or not they get this resource is that they have an encounter with God that leaves them transformed and closer to him. Um, we designed our resource. So this will lead you to that if you actually read it and do the work, right? Like that, that's the hope. And, um, I know for myself, you know, there's uncertainty of circumstances with health or there's even in motherhood, there's uncertainty and just in all these different ways where like fighting, it feels like we're at war a lot of times, um, against the, these false realities of who God is and all these different things. So for me, I found, cause you know, you write a book and then you have to read it a million times. It seems like, so in the process of working on flash theology, I can hundred percent tell you that 
it has strengthened my faith in a way that is so secure. When my world is shaking, I know I'm going to be okay. Right. And that's enough for me. And I know that God is with me and that's enough for me. I know that God loves me. That's enough for me. Right. And if, if these core truths move from our head to our heart, then that's an encounter with God. And I pray that that happens, whether or not they get this book. Um, I pray that people know who God is. And like Brandon said, begin to enjoy him. And when, if life feels shaky, they know they're standing on stable ground because God is faithful. Yes. (sighs) Oh my gosh. So good. I love how you've both just kind of talked about how this is this book is great for beginners, but it's also great for those who, um, are seasoned veterans of, um, you know, reading the Bible and all the things. And I feel like if I had this the very first time that I read through the Bible, it would have just deepened it that much more. And I'm excited to use it the next time I go through the Bible, it just breaks it down. Like you said, Jenny, and it's a visual guide. It really is. And I'm only like two chapters in. (laughs) (laughs) but it just makes it so easy to understand and grow your relationship. And that's what it's all about. And you both mentioned that it's not just, you know, about hearing, it's really about doing like, this is something you apply. This is something that you, you know, walk out. You don't just talk about it. You don't just learn it and store it. You have to really, really live it out. And then you're a visual guide for somebody else. Um, so I'm just so excited for this book to come out and for, um, anyone to read it, but before we kind of end, will one of you pray for us, pray over us and our listeners today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked ahead of time that I'm going to, is that correct, Jenny? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to set, set the stage for this moment. So I think this might be cheesy, but I think there's something really really powerful about a pastoral father, like coming alongside the women and championing them and praying over them. So, uh, before we started recording, Brittany asked, will someone pray? And immediately I'm like, Oh, we got to get Brayden to pray over the ladies. So, um, whether or not you're a church goer, whether or not you have your own pastoral figure to pray over you, um, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but let's take this moment and just really posture our hearts towards God and let Brayden's words, uh, really really settle into your soul. Okay. No, thank no thanks. And I, I can't emphasize enough. I believe in you moms. Like I I so respect what you're doing. Uh you are shoulder to shoulder with me with fellow dads on this. I don't view you as second class in any sort of way in any sort of ministry. Uh so please hear my heart on that. Like I you are doing just as important of work uh as me. So you are shepherding your home. You are there teaching those truths. So, oh gosh, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, but please know that that's where I stand for, for you. So, Lord, you are sovereign of the universe. You are so big, and yet you are so wild about us. You care about us. You, you We're so loved by you. I believe so many moms listening to this podcast right now are just wrestling with even self-worth. May they find their worth and dignity in you, in their relationship with you. God, I, I pray, I, I believe some women listening to this are wrestling with feeling qualified to even talk about the Bible or theology with their children. 
May your Holy Spirit lead them in all truth. Give them the words to say in a way that just resonates with the ages and stages of the kids in their life. God, there, there is so much spiritual warfare going on in the home fronts. We pray against that in Jesus' name. Would this be just uh, everyone listening, that this would be a group of women who just rise up to the occasion, despite what's going on in culture and in society, despite what's going on in the world, that they would say that this home, this house that they lead in, uh, it belongs to you, that it's consecrated to you, that your spirit reigns freely and liberates that house. That for the mental health of the moms and of the kids in the home would just be something, God, that would be a light to everyone around. Would everyone who steps into their home, their kids, but also their neighbors, their friends alike, would sense the warmth of Jesus. Just a, a, a place of grace, a place where heaven and earth seem to come together. Uh, God, a place where the Lord's prayer, your prayer, is embodied in a way that gives a tangible visual expression to these aspirations and hopes. God, it is no small thing to be spending daily life with our kids. This is the highest kingdom work we can be doing. Keep that on the forefront of our minds, but also a lot of us need to breathe and live a little lighthearted. Your yoke is so good and so kind. So let us just lean into you and let your spirit lead us to yourself. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Braden, and just your words of encouragement. I think that, like Jenny said, having you pray over us and just having you come on here and speak into moms um, as a dad, as a man, is just uh, is so encouraging and will be so helpful to so many women. Um, thank you so much to both of you for being on here. I'm so excited for this book to come out, Flash Theology, A Visual Guide to Knowing and Enjoying God More. Um, when is the release date and where can everybody buy it? It releases March 7th and you can get it at flashtheology.com. You can find out more info there and you can really get it anywhere online books are sold, any retailer. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, guys. I'm so excited for, um, everybody to listen to this podcast and really to, um, just dive into your book and to grow their relationship with, um, with the Lord. It's just so important. And like I said, this is, it's going to be an amazing resource for anybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining Rooted Moms today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Rooted Moms provides practical tools, community, and encouragement that help moms become rooted in Christ so that they may thrive in every season of life. Connect with us and learn more at www.rootedmoms.com. See you next time.